to Get Animated, the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed convenience store seating area, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed fraudulent bicycle racer, Nick Weiger. And I'm self-proclaimed Uncle Bag, Manapadaka. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Get Animated. We are the premiere anime podcast. Normally, we cover entire anime series, but this week we're covering a film by Satoshi Kon. He's known for Perfect Blue, Millennium Actress, and Paprika. And we're covering his Christmas film, Tokyo Godfathers. Uh, Satoshi Kon, I, and this is this is a, a gone Matt. I was gonna, all I was going to say was, ho ho ho, ho ho ho. I, I saw you gesture wildly as I was about to start talking. So you knew I was going to bring the heat there. Yeah. <laughs> so you thank you ho, for ho, listening. Ho. Uh, this has been Get Animated. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Christmas is definitely an element in this movie. It's There's there's like a running thing where you're seeing 1225 everywhere, you yeah. know, on clocks as cab fare uh, written on scraps of paper. Uh, but it's 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 a. I think there's probably a a like a if you wanted to be an obnoxious person like with Die Hard, you could be like Tokyo Godfathers is really a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's not really about Christmas. It's just more set during Christmas. It and this was this was uh, you know when I was looking for animes about Christmas, it comes up, and so yes. cut to my surprise that it's not really at all. Yeah, well, we'll 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 get into that and we'll talk about it. I I do want to say, we'll we'll say we'll say thoughts on 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 this film and and, and Satoshi Kon uh, in a minute. But first, before we do that, I am just kind of curious, uh, just for the panel for all of us, because you know we're talking about a movie this week, but it's not the only anime we're watching. Uh, what we've been weaving? Hey guys, it's me Ash Ketchum, and I'm here to ask you what you've been weaving. Hey Nick, I choose you. Ash, I feel like a million bucks every wow. time you choose me. That made you have me no feel idea good. How, it, it's so great. Nick Weiger, return. Matt Apodaca, I choose you. Oh, okay. This, this is, is actually. Bullshit. I wasn't ready, but this is. I, I, I have a. I have a quick one. I, it's not like a huge update because I haven't actually started reading it. Uh, I sent this to you guys the other night. My mom was at a, a store. I think she was at. She must have been at a mall or something, and she saw some. Uh, some. Uh, manga in a window and one caught her eye and she doesn't really know what I'm up to. Like she doesn't, she, I don't think she gets that. Like I right. have a podcast about weeb things that I'm weaving things now. She doesn't understand, but she saw one that caught her eye and is called cat gamer. And the reason she wow. got it for me was because the cat on the front looks like my cat. And that's the only, that's her only connection to, to like why she thought it would be a good gift for me. Um, <laughs> she's like, "Look, this kind of looks like Hurley," and I was like, "Yeah, it does kind of look like Hurley." I was like, "Hey, but this is like actually like a nice gift. Uh, I'm gonna read this. Um, I don't know what it's about. I understand that it's about a cat and potentially a gamer." Uh, I flipped through some of the pages. Uh, looks like it's it, it doesn't look anything like Chainsaw Man. I'll tell you what. Mm. Looks a little more chill, I, a little I more relaxed. To, yeah, yeah, a little more slice of life, maybe. Uh, maybe the cat is going to be playing some games or observing its owner playing some games. Uh, but that, I guess, that's not so much what I've been weaving. I guess my mom kind of did the weaving that time. Hey, that counts. It counts. She, you know, I I weaved by. I don't know osmosis, I guess, uh, but not <laughs> not a whole lot because we've been. Uh, 
you know, uh, banking stuff for the holidays. I saw yes. I said last week I watched the rebuilds and I'm still thinking about them. Uh, so we'll have lots to discuss uh, in, in, in the future uh, about those. Um, wow. But I'm going to I'm going to return to Ash's Pokeball and Nick. What are you well, you've been weaving. Can Pokemon can't choose to return. Yeah. Okay, I guess I'll just flounder out here until my <laughs> health is depleted. Oh no. Uh, Matt's, Matt's podcasting is ineffective. <laughs> return, Matt. Oh, oh, Nick, I choose you. All right, I'm ready to go. Here we go. Uh, so we've been, you know, obviously we're watching Chainsaw Man. I've been watching Spy Family. I've talked about that endlessly. I'm reading, um, still making my way through as of this record. All you need is kill. But you know what? I checked out. The first episode of a series that I'd seen a lot of buzz about, uh, which is Bochi the Rock. And uh, it's I loved it. I thought it was fucking terrific. It's so it's basically so much a show about music. Like it's so much about like this, this, uh, you know, this this young woman, this teen woman who is extremely shy. He's she's extremely introverted. Uh, She feels invisible. And the only way she can express herself is through just fucking shredding on uh on guitar which she's awesome at and the first episode is basically about her kind of like finding you know a, a group of other like-minded musicians to play with um but as you can expect for a show that's so much about music it's got a fucking banger of an opening um so let's play a little bit of this We'll play this a little bit and let the lyrics kick in and I'll, I'll translate them. I like dark, cramped spaces, so I bury my face deep in my hood. My eyes resented the heartless world, but yearned for love. Hell yes. Anyway, so thematically, it's largely about that. And it's also <laughs> uh, cute and funny. And, um... And uh, and charming, and you know, it has this this, uh, and I, I, you know, it's 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 a manga adaptation, and I don't know the manga, but like, it does a lot in terms of like resizing characters and changing their 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 art style uh, depending on their emotions, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a thing I always really like to see if it's done well and it's executed well here. Um, So anyway, that's that's what I got. Um, so yeah, really, whenever Ash wants to, uh, uh, you know, call me back to the Pokeball, I can just kind of chill in there for a bit. Um, oh no, Nick Weiger hurt himself in his confusion. Uh. <laughs> Return, Nick Weiger. Whew, all right. Heather, you're up. What have you been weaving? Oh, uh, thanks, Ash. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about the anime that I've watched over the years. And... There's a series called My Hero Academia, which isn't just well-structured, but it has some of the best music that has ever been in any anime. And I chose this track to introduce the series because I have a big announcement for My Hero Academia. Wow. As of two weeks ago, My Hero Academia, which I watched the first season of, the second season of, I went to the movie theater and I saw the film release with people who were cheering as as the hero 
screamed out his powers. And now I too am screaming out my powers as my hero academia came to Fortnite. Wow. <laughs> okay, Matt, you can cut. It's a wow. master class. <laughs> so I guess the thing I've been weaving is the My Hero Academia skins in Fortnite, <laughs> where I play that song while I rush at people with a character who would never use a gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, My Hero Academia is kind of um, Marvel adjacent. It's a world where um, all of the human population has gained superpowers, or most of them. M most people have superpowers, and they're called quirks. And the quirks are extremely specific. Uh, I think I've talked about it on this podcast, or maybe on our, our uh, sister-slash-mother podcast, Get Played. Uh, but... Um, but it's about a, a kid who is born powerless and then somebody else's power. And I don't think this is a spoiler. It's It's been going since 2016. Like, this isn't mm -hmm. a spoiler. Yeah, it's fine. They're like six seasons in. Um, somebody else's quirk, effectively the Superman of, uh, of this world, a character named All Might. Um, All Might has a transferable quirk. His quirk is Superman abilities that are also inheritable. And so he chooses the main kid who's wanted nothing more than to be a superhero his whole life to inherit his power, which is so strong that every time he uses it, he breaks the bones in his body. Wow. Cool. Um, Sounds unpleasant. So like in order to like use his power, like he's got to use it in like a fingertip. Hmm. And then that finger breaks, which is also great for power escalation because you know he's got more bones than that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he came 200 to Fortnite. something. He came to Fortnite this uh, this last couple of weeks ago as this is airing, and uh, yeah, it's it's hard not to not to run into battle, uh, screaming United States of Smash, which is <laughs> one of his fucking powers. Uh, all right. What does that so mean? That's what I've been weaving, huh? <laughs> what does uh, United States of Smash mean? Like that's a, it's a power of his, but how is it a power? What does that mean? Uh, it's a punch. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch it. It sounds good. <laughs> I've, never, really, I've never seen it. So I, I, I'll admit that I, I'm not caught up completely with the show because, uh, I got bored by one of the arcs. Oh. Like it it crested so well and I was like, "Holy fuck, this might be one of my top 10. I feel like I can do anything after I watch this show." Mm. And then the next arc was like boring. And I was like, "Wait. You're not you're not going to build from there? You're not going to like take us on an adventure and 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 uh and and build from that?" So um, I, I need to go back to it, especially now that uh, that the the characters are in Fortnite. So I'm really I'm fucking excited. I'm fucking excited to be weaving my hero academia again. Also, one of my uh, boxing T-shirts is the character All Might. Uh, and one of his powers is one for all. Uh, 
And so it says across the chest, one for all. Wow. When I'm punching, I, I sometimes I'll yell that out. Hell yeah. While you were doing that huge uh, buildup with the track underneath, I thought you were going to connect it. I thought we were going to land is like you were going to say like you were working on the live action adaptation of My Hero Academia, which Netflix recently announced. But uh, no, I did. I did. So I did consult slash. I, I tried to get that gig. Mm. I really, I really tried and had a had an interview. I think or, and they were yeah no I did I interviewed yeah. for for some uh other project and then did a hard pitch for uh for the show uh slash movie My Hero Academia live action where I was like. Um, so you're going to cast the rock as all might because nobody else on earth is able to be all might. Uh, and then, uh, and that's where you're going to, you're, that's where we start. Mm. Um, that's a huge casting. It's the only way it, uh, I'm looking at him they're... knowing nothing about him. And I already know you're correct. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a dude who smiles Right. He's like his like one of his signature physicalities is his giant smile, but he's hiding great pain. And I'm yeah. like, it's got to be the fucking rock. Yeah, that's 100 percent inside. He's just like fucking miserable. You know, yeah, he, yeah. He has, he has, his existence is joyless. It's yeah. like 3 a.m. to fucking 11 p.m. every day of just continuous work. And it's just that's that's unsustainable. Also, um, I I did I did intend to be misleading with my my big announcement. Oh, okay. Nick. So so it worked on you, and hopefully it worked on yeah. the audience too. One hundred percent. I got 100% nervous. Well. Uh, and they and they they definitely fucked up by not hiring. I think I have another casting pitch though for this character I know nothing about. You yeah. said okay, miserable guy with a big smile. Uh, how about the Joker? Tell him, Matt. Cast the Joker. Cast the freaking Joker. Cast? Yeah, that that guy, the Joker. Any of them. He's acted in other movies. Yeah. Joker. That's one. Yeah. He's he's acted. So you He's got a new one coming out. Joker 2, Folia Do. Okay, so you It's French, I believe. You think that he's never mind. It it doesn't. It's not he's worked uh, with Tim Burton. Worked with, yeah, and he's my favorite comedian, with Christopher Nolan. He what worked joke, with De Niro? What joke, Matt? Has he told? Has the <laughs> the act the actor the Joker told that you think is funny enough that you would list him as your favorite comedian? I liked when he shot the man on TV. <laughs> oh, okay, great joke. <laughs> Oof. This is my eighth of nine podcast records this week, and I'm losing my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> the Joker's real. I don't, I don't know what just happened, but I loved it. Um, <laughs> this is a, a, a okay. So let, let's let's talk about Tokyo Godfathers. I'll, I'll say I really like Satoshi Kon, this director. Yeah, and um. I was actually had never seen this film until this year. And I want by pure coincidence. I watched this early this year. I just went on a Satoshi Kone kick, watched his entire filmography, which you can do because he tragically died very young of pancreatic cancer, died oh. at the age of 46. 
uh, but he made four just awesome classic anime, uh, including, you know, and and I think it's how our, to rank about you, uh, how you got him. I mean, you know, uh, as far as Paprika uh, and Perfect Blue, um, I, I, I but like like those two are both like just fucking like straight up classics and then but also to millennium actress tokyo godfathers no no slouches and when i watched tokyo godfathers the first time i was kind of like uh like wow that was fun that was cool and it, it's gorgeous obviously because his movies are gorgeous um and rewatching it and i rewatched it like matt this morning i was like this is fucking awesome like is this a fucking masterpiece i i just like i'm so I I really had a strong reaction on this viewing, but I'm curious your guys' thoughts and uh, uh, what view, like where you were with this movie going in. I want to I want to uh, say a couple things as as sort of my prologue to this to this this talk, which is um, I saw Perfect Blue in theaters in 1998. That's wild, and uh, it was dubbed, of course, uh, because you getting a subtitled anime in the 90s was like like catching a gold goldfish. It was just fucking impossible. Didn't happen really um, until DVD. Yeah, I, like the fact that I saw Evangelion subtitled on VHS is only because my local blockbuster had some 90s weeb ordering their videotapes because like they had half subtitled, half dubbed VHS at my blockbusters. Fucking crazy. But I saw Perfect Blue in the theater and I was like, oh, my God, this, this is a, so this is a genius, some genius made this. And it was such a potent film that it got a theatrical release right. in Chicago. Like that's crazy that an anime would be in the theaters in Chicago in the nineties. And that I would like fucking take the L to, to go to a theater to watch it was nuts it was fucking great. Very adult. Very adult, that film. That film is so good that it has been ripped off by multiple directors. Oh, yeah. Uh, there are shots that are uh, composed in Perfect Blue, which are wholesale torn out of the celluloid and dropped into other films. I don't think as homage, but as theft. Uh, wow. And that's that's a shame. It's not like when you see somebody like, nodding their head to an Evangelion moment. It's like, you'll see a Western live action film that's just got a one, two, three shot composition from Perfect Blue. And you're like, what the fuck? That's not your shot. And and you aren't in interviews being like, oh, Satoshi Kon is such a huge influence on me. It's like, if somebody does like a Hitchcock nod, they usually are like, oh, fuck, I love fucking Hitchcock. Or when like, Kubrick style stuff shows up in Jordan Peele's films. You're like, oh, this is because this dude is saying this director has influenced me, uh, like critically. Right. That didn't, that's not happening with people who are fucking ripping off Perfect Blue. So Perfect Blue's fucking brilliant. Paprika's fucking brilliant. And I had not seen Tokyo Godfathers until this week when we watched it, uh, because I'm lazy. <laughs> like I, I, and here's why, how I'm lazy. I didn't know what the title meant. And I was like, ah, I'll save this one for another time. Cause I'm, I'm more like a, 
I like a swords or a guns. Sure. It's definitely not that. And Tokyo Godfathers and like the uh, accompanying art just felt like, um, all right, this don't look like swords or guns. Uh, but this movie fucking ruled. Um, yeah. The other thing that's just a, a personal anecdote is the last time I went to Tokyo. Um, I became a godfather. I became yeah, a godfather. Classic Heather uh, story. I, I was at the beginning of sort of my journey of like health and boxing and stuff. And so I would go on these very long five mile runs through the city every morning before I would like be bop around and then eventually get drunk. And uh, I ran through the park where the unhoused encampment is in Tokyo and was surprised because you don't really see uh, a ton of it's I feel like the difference between uh, the unhoused population in Los Angeles and the unhoused population in Tokyo is that the Los Angeles tents are on the street, on the sidewalk, because there aren't parks for for people to create these sort of tent cities. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Ueno Park, and uh, I forget what park I was running through, there are these long strips of blue tarped, extremely tidy uh, homeless encampments uh, that look more like, um, and I, I hope none of this comes off as derogatory. If it does, I apologize. I don't know how to use the language when 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 speaking about this topic, but it looked like homes. Like mm-hmm. there was camping equipment and like hanging laundry and uh, small fire pits. It 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 gave off the impression of a camping community even though that's not what it was, uh, as opposed to the sort of truly desperate status of the, the tents in Los Angeles. Um, right. So when I saw that area in this film, I was like, Holy shit. Like I've, I've been there. I've been to that, that part of that, that specific park. And it was, um, jarring. That's my prologue. Uh, you mentioned that like, I, I, I want to go back to something you were talking about earlier, okay. uh, which is you were talking about how Perfect Blue has kind of been, you know, has inspired a bunch of films, a bunch of, you know, it, it Western films that have just kind of like, a, a, you know, live action cinema that is borrowed from it. And the big one is uh, is uh, uh, Aronofsky's film, uh, Black Swan, which mm-hmm. is basically like. If you watch that and um Perfect Blue in some you know in some order if you've seen both Black Swan is just like a worse Perfect Blue to the point where mm. it seems like you look through it and you're like okay did he buy the rights to Perfect Blue did he like is this an adaptation of Perfect Perfect Blue like deep down in the uh the writing credits uh but it's not and I actually um have this uh this little uh, excerpt from IMDb, uh, which is about this. Um, so I'll, I'll read this little bit of trivia. 
Uh, both films revolve around a female dance performer being trying to be perfect, but are overtaken by illusions of death themselves and emotions. They both question reality. They both try to become bad, but they go through emotional tormenting to become perfect. And they're both shy and innocent. The films are psychological horror. They revive, revolve on the protagonist's emotional journey to becoming perfect. The director, Darren Aronofsky, insists that he didn't borrow inspiration from Perfect Blue, but the films ended up ve very similar. Uh, and I, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like, it's kind of hard to it, it, it kind of beggars belief that he did not have familiarity with it because it is so, so similar. Um, I'm going to have to watch it. Yeah. But I, but but that's that that said, even take him at his word. I think Perfect Blue is just a better version of it and also just an amazing movie. That's also not a super fun experience to watch, uh, but it's a it's a, it's a fucking masterpiece. Um, Tokyo Godfathers. So. Like I, I think a big part of of my reaction to this film, uh, both viewings, but in particular this viewing, is how often do we see in any media, uh, get homeless people, unhoused people depicted with any sort of depth and humanity? Yes, it just so rarely happens. It's yeah. almost always like this is this is either like someone who's deranged, uh, or this is someone who is magical. And is like, hey, it's the magical uh, homeless person who's going to help the protagonist come to the realization that they need. Uh, you know, so uh, uh, effectively a, a, a sentient plot device. And this one is the three, the 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 the, the titular uh, Tokyo Godfathers, and that title makes sense by the end of the film. Are the are like you know uh, three uh, unhoused people who have like and they're they all have backstories and they all have like have have lived through like loss and tragedy and are trying their best to you know uh, 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 uh to just to just muddle through and have an existence in in a in an extremely unfair world that's biased against them um so i i just like from that standpoint just it being even that is like is like amazing that it exists and amazing that it exists as an animated film. Uh, I, I was thinking as I was watching this is like, if they made this movie as like a live action movie in the U S it would, they turn it into the hangover. It would not have any of oh, like the, yeah. you know, the warmth and the depth that this one has, or it would be a sort of craven attempt at um, like that type of like, the blind side type of movie where sure, it's sort yeah. of like virtue signaling sort of like, look, actually people, people can be good and like yeah. trying to go for the hardware <laughs> instead of telling a, like a good story. Right. Um, but, but I, Matt, you'd also, you'd never seen this movie. Uh, your thoughts, I, your I, reaction. Yeah. I'd never seen this movie. Um, I, I guess I also um, didn't look that much up about it beyond that it was somewhat related to christmas so that i while i enjoyed the movie i do think that unfortunately did color my viewing of this movie because i was ready for a christmas romp i turned my tree yeah. on i was like really <laughs> I, I was like i was like i'm gonna have a nice little christmas time and then wow. like this movie like made me like depressed and sad, but like and hopeful and nice. It, it it felt good by the end, but I was like, oh God, like this fucking like I think because there is so much humanity in the story and and in the way that the characters are portrayed, that like I don't know, I feel like even even in like when there is like a glimmer of hope, even just with these characters, you yeah. can't help but feel like a little like, God oh, fuck. Like this, you know, this 
our world is bad and, and, and all that. But I also, I think there's something to like the, the animation style too, like, because it's not quite like, I mean, obviously it's anime, but it's not quite like anime that I'm used to seeing. Like these look like, I don't know. They looked like real people. It was, it was, it was, it was, I don't know. Like they had lines in their face and stuff, you know, like they it's all a less had, stylized character design. Yeah. Yeah. They all had like, like a little bit more proportionate to actual human bodies. Yeah. And then even just like the way, faces. like the city felt too, like, mm-hmm. uh, it just like, it, it felt very real. And like what Heather was saying about, uh, like the encampment, I was just sort of like, and, 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 and the comparison, I think to, you know, what we see here a lot in, uh, in Los Angeles is apt because the ones that we see are often in disarray because our city doesn't treat them with dignity or respect. So they're constantly moving them and it's just, right. it's, it's so fucked up. Um, but all that to say that, yeah, I mean, this movie, I also didn't know this man died. Like I was like, this, this, everything about this is sad to me. Yeah. Uh, like it, it, not, it, it not I had no idea. Did- Satoshi Kon died, but so did the screenwriter uh, Keiko Nobumoto, who was uh, the writer of Cowboy Bebop. Wow. Um, so she wrote uh, Tokyo Godfathers and, uh, and also uh, passed away Man. recently, uh, December of last year. Wow. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, yeah. To a it, real one. To a yeah. real one. Yeah. Cowboy Bebop? I've never even seen it, and I know. That's that's real one if I've ever heard it. Um, you got to watch the bop. You got to watch a bop. I got to watch the bop. Uh, I'd like to read a little yeah. excerpt from Roger Ebert's review of this film when it came out in 2004. I hate video games, but this is good. <laughs> I guess Matt has it up, too. No. Uh, <laughs> In Japan, animation is not seen as the exclusive realm of children's and family films, but is often used for adult science fiction and action stories, where it allows a kind of freedom impossible in real life. Some Hollywood films strain so desperately against the constraints of the possible that you wish they'd just caved in and gone with animation. Torque is an example. Torque catching strays. Wow. The the bike racing movie. Um uh, or motorcycle movie. Uh, now here is Tokyo Godfathers, an animated film both harrowing and heartwarming about a story that will never, ever be remade by Disney. Uh, it's about three homeless people who find an abandoned baby in the trash on a cold Christmas Eve and try for a few days to give it a home. The title makes a nod to John Ford's Three Godfathers, where three desperados, led by John Wayne, rescue a baby from its dying mother on Christmas Eve and try to raise it, at one point substituting axle grease uh, for baby oil. Uh, so... And then it it, it go, gives some context for uh, for Satoshi Kon, uh, who talk, and he you know he's raved about Perfect Blue and Millennium Actress in the past. At this point, the, the one thing I'll say about Tokyo Godfathers is yeah we we talked about it, it's it's harrowing and kind of like you know the, I'll just use Ebert's phrasing harrowing and heartwarming. Have but we said this thing, before? Because yeah. it, it seems like Roger Ebert does like anime. Yeah, oh, yeah, he definitely does. One hundred percent. Roger Webert, continue please. Oh, Roger Webert for sure. Wow, nicely. <laughs> I can. Appadog has been sniping lately on this podcast. Headshot. Yeah, well done. Boom. Headshot. Boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm Heather in Fortnite, baby. <laughs> Roger Ebert, also famously his favorite actor, the freaking Joker. Oh, he loves the Joker. Loves the Joker. He loves. He loves his perform. He loves when he's like, <sighs> want to hear my joke? <laughs> <laughs> so 
the other yes this movie is is heartwarming and harrowing to use his phrase it is gorgeous as i said earlier to reiterate this movie just looks uh, so incredible and has such such just complicated challenging shots and uh, you know just incredible uh incredible character animation both face and body um but i also think it's really funny i think it's got some really good jokes it's got some it makes bangers me laugh for out sure. loud yeah yeah it's got I some, think like some excellent jokes. It's also, I mean, for 2003, a uh, really progressive portrayal of a trans woman. Yeah, 100%. Fucking wild to, to, to see that just be like unwrapped here in this, in this, uh, in this film that I didn't expect any of, any of like her getting, uh, generally uh uh gendered the way that she wishes to be gendered and yes. only getting upset when she doesn't get gendered that way when she's right. misgendered it's it's i was like holy shit 2003 fucking tokyo godfathers i i mean uh the so there's three there's three characters yeah. hana is the character we're talking about yes uh there's a there's another character uh again i believe it's a hard g uh who is a a a bearded man um, who's a, a, a degenerate gambler and uh, d- d- just a, a an extremely uh, a, just a, just a, just a bad bout of alcoholism. Um, and then there's Miyuki, uh, who is a a younger woman who has run away from home. Um, and they all kind of have like you know, a, you know, tragic past that led the, to this uh, to their current state. Um, but you know, they're kind of they're, they're the, this trio is kind of a, a chosen family. It's like the three of them have each other. Uh, Hana, I think, even refers to them as her family. Um, and uh, as they're go, as, so basically, what's happening here is it's it starts on Christmas Eve and I believe ends on New Year's Eve. So it's mm. kind of like spanning a you know a, a, basically a week in their lives. And so they are trying to they're they're, they're first off there's there's I think the first shot is just like the three wise men and they're at a nativity service. So it's it's very much like kind of leaning on um uh Christmassy sort of themes. But after this, they find a baby in a dumpster. Classic dumpster baby scenario. Classic. And so they're trying to decide like what okay, we got this baby. The fuck are we gonna do? Hannah's like, this is a gift from God. Um and uh, they basically are from this point on. It's kind of like a little bit of an action comedy mystery film, where based on clues that are left with the baby, uh, you know, there's like a there's some photographs. Um, there, there's a there's like a baby bag. It's got like a a, a key to a locker. Uh, I think it's got like an address. And they name the baby Kyoko. And uh, they're just like we're gonna take care of Kyoko. We're gonna try to reunite uh, Kyoko with her parents. Yeah. So they are uh we start as this is happening and as they're taking care of this kid, we're starting to get everyone's like connections to their own past start to come out. So, you know, like Gin is like saying like he used to have a daughter, his daughter died, um his his wife died and uh he has like it's it, it, when you later find out what is re- what his reality is, his fucking lie is so self-glorifying and also so needlessly elaborate, but that he, that basically he got like he had to throw a bicycle race 
Uh, yeah, he was a he was a he was a competitive cyclist, and he had to throw yeah. a basketball race because and was just bicycle. Yeah, go on. Because bicycle because race, his, yeah. Because his daughter was sick, and they yeah, needed the money. Yeah, for his sick daughter, uh, but gets exposed. His career is ruined. Um, his daughter and wife are dead, and he became an alcoholic. Uh, when in reality, what happened to him was much less interesting and a much like one hundred percent his fault. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they use the locker key number. They find the locker. Uh, they find more shit, more clues in there, and they're kind of progressing from there. Here, here's what I'll say. I don't think we necessarily need to scene by scene this, right? But like, uh, you know, it, it's it's. I I think the film does a really good job of most people are treating them fairly, you know, like keeping them at an arm's length, but treating them with some respect. Some people are treating them with general, with genuine kindness. Uh, and, but there are also people who are just like, uh, you know, outright cruel to them. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the case, you know, they're on the, they're on the train at a certain point and their people are just like complaining about their stench Yeah, or like the scene. And it reminded me of Yakuza, but it's like way fucking worse where a group of no good teens uh, uh, like just shithead teens show up to just and they're like they were doing cleanup and they like they they beat the shit out of him. Um, it's just like it's fucking hard to watch. Uh, so I, I I think just thematically like the movie does a really good job of just sort of like addressing what it's actually like to try to survive uh, in this state. Uh, without you know with the, without a home, but also with, like w- without the dignity that comes with being someone who is presentable. Yeah. Um. And then just to even be like in a in a state in the state that they're in and then still being like we have to do something to help is like such an interesting like yeah obviously it's like a baby like nobody's more helpless than a baby like that baby can't do anything right yeah uh, so like to then to take it upon themselves to be like we got to help this baby we got to reunite like this baby with the parents I think it's such a, it's, I don't know. It's just like such a, it's like, it, it, it's a very heartwarming thought. Cause you know, also like, I mean, the baby didn't get in the dumpster by accident, unfortunately. Like it wasn't like, let's put this baby down real quick. Oh no, it accidentally got thrown away. Uh, yeah. It's just, uh, but then, you know, obviously then the rest of the story happens and then you find out a little more. So, and it's funny. That's the other thing. It has good jokes. <laughs> I think it needs <laughs> Nothing good we're describing jokes. sounds like a comedy. It has good jokes. If, the, if this the movie didn't have funny, good jokes, this would be yeah. the saddest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> It'd be like Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd be like, Jesus. So, okay. So things start to get a little bit more madcap yeah. from this point. Like, so they, you know, they they find some some uh, things that they can pillage from a from a cemetery, things that were like left as offerings for the dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously pretty, pretty on the nose of like the dead are given more respect than than people who are homeless mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, they're they're stealing things there or not. Whatever. I guess it's stealing, but that seems like they they're, that they, stuff's going to get thrown away. That's just going to get thrown away or rot in the sun. Yeah. They're re- reappropriating. Reappropriating. Yes. Yeah, including and there's all there's things that keep happening that are that are coincidental uh, that Hana uh, and fortunate that Hana keeps characterizing as miracles. Um, and which, uh, which yeah. is I, I before because if you hear if you haven't seen the film and you hear coincidence in, in, in the context of like a film structure, you'd be like, oh, that's that's shitty writing. But that was the, that's a cheat. Yeah, that was the goal of the film. Like the intended right. goal of the film is this coincidence as a 
plot motivation. And I mm-hmm. think it's extremely well executed. Like you really, like you don't feel like, oh, isn't that convenient? It's more like, oh, that kind of almost feels like a real thing that might happen. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I think that's I think that's a great point. It's it's uh, the especially tonnage. as the cascade. Yeah, it's the tonnage and the cascading coincidences that that are un, are more intensely unlikely. But on on uh, taking taking each of these coincidences on its own merit, it's like yeah, that you know when they find diapers in the cemetery, you're like oh, there's a tragedy behind that. And mm-hmm. it makes sense that that might actually happen. So they, uh, by the way, just 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 while while we're stopped down for a second, this movie animates crying so well. It really does. There's some sequences where someone is just like, there's there's a shot of Kyoko later in the film when she's in a a phone booth, and she's just like listening to one end of the phone, and she's just breaking down crying, and it's just a static shot that lingers on her. Uh, but like that breakdown is like this is fucking unbelievable. The work, the the craft that went into this. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, uh, but uh, yeah, it's overall like really well animated, and they, as you might expect. Uh, so here's where things start to get a little bit kooky. Uh, first off, they find baby supplies in the cemetery. Um, then grim, grim implication. Yeah. Very grim. grim. Very grim. Christmas shoes. Ass yes. Shit. Right there. Yeah. 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 Well, not Christmas shoes. Baby shoes never used. Christmas shoes is about. No, a, a song about a guy who wants to buy. It. I think that's sadder than the baby shoes. You think that's sadder? Yeah. <laughs> Sir, I'd like to buy these shoes. That's what I, yeah. I mean. I meant the baby please. shoes. But I'm just thinking Christmas. Everything, everything that I think is Christmas isn't quite Christmas. <laughs> and I'm it's starting true. to think, bah humbug. So they go outside, <laughs> they, they go, they, they leave the cemetery and there's someone who's trapped under a car and they rescue this yeah. guy who's trapped under his car. He has this really elaborate way that he ended up in this situation. <laughs> it's really uh, and he, it turns out that he's a, he's like a Yakuza boss, mm-hmm. uh, some sort of crime Lord. And he's like, Hey, look, my daughter's getting married today. Uh, so again, another coincidence, they have like a card that they got from the locker, I believe, that clues them into a nightclub. And they're like, hey, can you do you know this nightclub? He's like, know it. I fucking I'm going there right now because my daughter is marrying the o- the owner. Um, and uh, when they get there, the groom uh, who's marrying the Yakuza boss's daughter, Gin is like, that's the fucking guy who made me throw the bicycle race. I'm going to fucking kill him. <laughs> um but while they're doing that, they also find out they they learn about this this other character Sachiko, who is the woman who was in the picture and is was like a, at this club, which I guess is like a yakuza style. What do you call those? Not a gentleman's club. Um, it's not quite a salon either. You know, it's somewhere. It's like a. It's like it's a, a hostess club. club. Like I a, assume it yeah. was a hostess club. She used to yeah. work there. And so um, they said they basically were like, yeah, she left the job because she got pregnant. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, so anyway, uh, Gin gets pissed off. He takes his bottle, but I'm, I'm self-conscious about saying if it's Gin or Gin. I think it's Gin. I'm pretty sure it's Gin. I, I think it's know. a hard G. Yeah. I mean, if only they it's could okay. get, tell you in the, in the subtitles. If it yeah. was, if it was Gin, it would be J-I-N. I think that's it's right. Gin. It's gotta be Gin. Gin. I think you're right. Although, Nick. although naming an alcoholic Gin is kind of funny. Anyway. That is kind of funny. Anyway, because it's the name of the movie's funny. 
<laughs> so he goes with a bottle to fucking kill. The, he's like, I'm going to smash the groom with this bottle. Hannah stops him. And uh, a maid fucking takes out a gun, tries to shoot the Yakuza boss who they rescued from underneath the car. And the groom jumps in front uh, heroically, although he seems like a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, and takes some bullets on his behalf. And then the the maid uh, grabs fucking uh, Miyuki and takes her hostage and runs out of the wedding. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned they're they're at this wedding. Uh, they, did, yeah. They're at a wedding, so that they, they they runs out of this wedding. Uh, it's chaos. Goes outside, takes off a wig, um, and it's like it's actually like a hitman. It's a it was a hitman disguised as a maid. Um, and then they get into a taxi and they end up uh, back at uh, the hit, the hitman's home. And there's an interesting thing here where like if you know and I it, like a, a small amount of Spanish. Um, like I do. Yeah. Uh, it's like like you hear words because yeah. this character is speaking Spanish. Yeah. Uh, and l- you hear the word like leche because Miyuki has the baby. Uh, you hear the word like leche a few times, milk. And you start to put together that the hitman is not as much, not as much is taking her hostage, but is also trying to help her. And that leads to a breastfeeding scene. Yeah. The, these they're, they're back at his house and his uh, partner is breastfeeding. This baby and another baby. Yeah, double fisting babies. A Bef- twofer. Yeah. Before we move too far past it, I just want to say yeah. Satoshi Kon fucking rules at directing action and 100%. And chase sequences and like the choreography and the physics of bodies in space or like running so fast that you lose a little bit of control when you're like rounding a corner and you like catch something with your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like it's so physical and so human. Um, but yeah. uh, And also when you're saying, if you know a little Spanish, you're like, oh, I I know those words watching unsubtitled Spanish. I'd be like, okay, okay. I kind of feel like I know what's going on. And then an entire sentence would be, would bloom in my head. And I'd be like, oh, I know that entire sentence. Like, this is the, uh, this is the kid's dad. Like when that, when she's like pointing at photographs and she's like, this is the kid's dad. And, and you know, that's. Do you know who he is? And 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 our protagonist is like, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm like I kind of do. Shock. I think they did a good job with like with that too because like, I I didn't grow up speaking Spanish, but I I've been around enough of it where I was sort of like, okay, like I know exactly everything that's happening in this scene. I know what everyone is saying, and I honestly kind of felt good that I didn't need the subtitles. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is pretty nice. nice. But that was the tricky thing too, right? Because like, I feel like I, I was saying they did a good job with it because I feel like they didn't use Spanish that was too complicated or too colloquial or something like sure. that. It was just mm-hmm. very much like... It's I very mean, academic. It, it was like, yeah, I was going to say, it was like Spanish 101 Spanish uh, right. for everybody to understand. Yeah, it was very uh, clear. Although I don't know how much a Japanese audience would understand That's much true. Spanish. I don't know how common that language yeah. is learned over there that is interesting um, to there, think about, yeah. there's also some a small amount of like broken english that the two characters are that that's like their common tongue that they can kind of uh communicate with uh, miyuki and and the, the this 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 mother so okay this is where they're split up uh gin gets the shit beaten out of him first off gin finds a a a a homeless guy uh who is just like lying down just like completely unconscious and sort of uh, is a much older guy. He realizes it's just basically a much older version of him. Uh, the older guy has one last request, uh, which is to drink some of the, uh, some of his booze, uh, and he 
fulfills it. But then I think this is a good joke. Great joke. Yeah, that guy just keeps hanging around. Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just like he's like, oh last request. And he keeps making more last requests. Um reaches a point where he 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 does that again. He asks for that same thing again. Uh and then he it looks like he dies. Yeah. And Ken goes over to uh, to like put uh, to put his eyes down to like you know push his eyes down and then his eyes just open wide and he's just like alert again and talking <laughs> <laughs> and he's like ah it's really funny um but then also he gets you know the the they those two get the their their camp where they're out they are gets uh fucking attacked uh by teenagers uh who say they're doing cleanup and they they beat the shit out of both of them and they do end up killing the older guy um uh, that said, within the tent, he finds another clue. He's like, okay, wait a minute. Hold on. I see the, this photograph of these buildings. And if I look at the photograph of the couple, I can geolocate them based off of the position of these two buildings, uh, which is where they eventually end up. But first, they end up getting uh, rescued by uh, – uh, uh, first, uh, uh, they end up being rescued. Gin gets rescued in an alley uh, and ends up at a club where Hana and uh, Miyuki and the other, the baby end up because uh, Hana used to work there. Yeah. This so club, this club looks like a good time. Club looks great. It's what got a, a blast. Anytime you see a bar and there's in an in a anime and there's like all the well-detailed, well-painted bottles in the foreground and like all the glistening bottles behind the bar and there's like a sense of the space. I'm like, man, that's a that's a good looking bar. That's it looks like a yeah. good time. Uh, it seems like kind of a, a, a hideout hangout for, you know, something, a, a speakeasy for marginalized queer people. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Hana talks to a. Uh, a, a a woman she calls a mother that like, you know, she used to work there and they have this interaction um, a couple of things that happen in this sequence. First off, uh, before when they when they come across, uh, they they see that they they come across an ambulance. This is Hana, um, uh, and there's a guy with a uh, with a sheet over him, uh, and he, and she thinks it's Gin, and she goes over there and she just starts like sobbing over him and crying, crying. They're like, "Calm down, like it's okay, it's calm down." And then the sheet falls down, and she sees it's the other guy. She's like, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> completely breaks out of it. Uh, and then also in the when they're in the bar and they're talking about like they're talking about the baby, and Hana's like, uh, uh, "She was abandoned." And then a character in the background of the bar is like, yes, I was abandoned. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> and, uh, it's good. And this is the thing. Sadoshi Kone doesn't really like, it's not like Perfect Blue is like a laugh riot. It's kind of a joyless film, honestly. It's like, yeah. it's like pr played pretty straight. I can't really remember any specific comedy in that whole movie. Yeah. And then, but then he's able to do this so well. It's, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just very fucking impressive. I think it's uh, to because. To have that kind of range as a director. We keep I think we keep talking about this as like a through line of, of the movie. I think it's because like those jokes aren't mm -hmm. like there aren't there aren't so funny that they seem like jokes. Those are like very human sure. like mm -hmm. uh like that's like a human response. If somebody is at this club and they're sort of like, I was also abandoned and overheard that, I could see them being like, Yeah, that oh, you're talking about me. <laughs> like, like <laughs> no, like no. It's like that's like I it, I don't know. I think there's just like a, a a nice vein of humanity throughout the whole movie when it comes to all of it. It's it's uh, it's really wonderful. So we're getting more history of these characters. 
they end up uh, at a at basically a, a a kind of demolished building, and they're kind of just just you know stuck. They're kind of there there, and this is one of those things where it's another coincidence that Heather mentioned. They compare the photograph they have to the building to the demolished building and realize it's the same place. And get, uh, I think just like pacing wise, there's like a good bit of slapstick here mm-hmm. where he takes the keys out. Gin takes the keys out that he's found and uses them. And it's it's just a standing door frame. And he uses them to unlock just that door. And that door swings open and he can walk through. And he's just like, honey, I'm home. Yeah. Uh, and then that shot just lingers for like a long time. And then the door just falls down. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It's good. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And it also looks fucking terrific. Uh, by the way, another, another bit of animation. When the... It's just one of those things just like, fuck, this is there's there just every frame is so precise and this is so smooth and fluid. There's a moment where uh, one of the pieces of shit teens who who's trying to beat up the two homeless men tries to do a roundhouse kick and slips on the ice and falls. And it's just like, fuck, man, that's that looks amazing. Yeah. Um. So they uh, where are we next? Uh, yeah, we're at the we're, we're at the demolished house. And they start to get some more uh, context from a – it's a newspaper, right? They find, like, a newspaper yeah. that's got some info uh, on, a, on a missing person. Um, and they start talking to the neighbors, and the neighbors like, uh, Sachiko was married to a de- degenerate gambler. Uh, they'd get in fights. Uh, they ended up in a bunch of debt. And then they, you know, they had to vacate this house, which is now demolished. Um, they uh, – they get in a fight with a drunk in a convenience store, a, se- a seating area of a convenience store. Uh, they end up with, man, this is this part's awesome. Yeah, uh, they they have the uh, Muki goes to she's like calls her father from the phone booth. This is where the breakdown crying happens. She doesn't actually say a word to him. Um, and then as all this is happening, as she's there in the phone booth, she turns. Uh, she sees Hana and Gin fighting with this drunk guy outside the convenience store. Just behind them, out of nowhere, a fucking ambulance just smashes yes. into the building. <laughs> And then he has a funny one-liner, which is the driver gets out a, a bruised and battered. is like, somebody call an ambulance. <laughs> it's funny. It's a funny movie. If that it's got was, good jokes. If, like, if that was like in a live action, like, like Western release movie, yeah. that'd be everybody's favorite joke. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Hannah's been uh, coughing up blood. They end up uh, at 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 a hospital, um, and uh, uh, you know the physicians like kind of telling him basically like she needs rest and you know better food. And I love that Gin's like we're homeless. We can't like we can't get rest. She can't rest. We can't get get her better food. Like these these aren't things that happen. Yeah. Um, I also like that, like, because the, the two of those, those two characters are basically fighting through the entire movie. They're always bickering with each other, but you just get, like, such genuine, like, they so g- clearly just love each other. Yes. You know, they clearly just basically are partners. Um, and uh, I think that's really well handled. Here's another coincidence. the There's a nurse there, and the nurse is Gin's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. That. And so we get the, oh. yeah, we get the truth about it, which is that. <laughs> Again, was like just lying about everything, wasn't a bicycle racer, owned a bicycle shop, uh, got into huge gambling debts to the uh, Yakuza guy, the club owner, uh, which is why that he wanted to kill him and had nothing to do with, 
him having to throw a race and uh, got tr- kept kept drinking. And then Hana just like loses her mind. She's furious uh, and uh, is like, I can't believe you lied and just like berates him for a while. I I want to say that the the way that this is structured is that the coincidences also are revealing truth. So sure, like, yeah, one hundred percent. Like as you get these coincidences, it's like, oh, the real backstory for this character is this. the The real backstory for this character is this, and they are illuminated by these coincidences, which services the plot as opposed to saves. Like it, it, it doesn't yes. motivate the plot. It services reveals in the term in terms of storytelling. I, I think the thing I've heard before storytelling wise is like it's it's good. Coincidences can get you into trouble. Uh, but they shouldn't get you out of trouble. Yeah. And that's very much the case here. Every time there's a coincidence, there's an additional complication. Um, and it leads them to a new place. I, I really love the sequence where Hana is telling the story of the the red devil, the weeping red devil. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we go to a completely different art style. And it's just, you know, basically we're just seeing panels, uh, still panels. And is talking to the story about a red devil who wanted to be liked by people. Um, uh, so his friend, the blue devil, uh, attacked the people and had the red devil save them. Uh, but then the blue devil like had to go away because then people, so people wouldn't know that it was like all an act. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's like, oh, that's cool. And that's, that's poignant with the themes of the movie. Yeah. But it's also just like, it's like a cool little tangent. How how did you say that word? Poignant? 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 How do you say it? Poignant? Did, no. Poignant? Poignant? How did I think you I said s- poignant. You said poignant. Poignant. It's poignant. Poignant. I think it's a soft G, poignant? a silent G kind of sort of situation. It's just interesting. Right? I don't, like the I mean, poignant? Like, poignant? No. Poignant? No judgment uh, uh, to you, Nick Weiger. Just, just curious. It's curious. Sometimes I'm, you feel like you were um, begun this morning. <laughs> yes. You were rebooted today. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm more well-read than I am well-spoken. I don't, I do, not, not a word I say aloud. Poignant. 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 But it's dumb. It's it's, it's like not polio. your fault. The English language is yeah. bad. It's dumb Fucking that the G is stupid. supposed to make like a Y sound. Stupid. Poignant. Stupid. Stupid. Poignant. The language is dumb. So they find out they're at the hospital. There's a there's a report on the news. A a baby got fucking kidnapped from the hospital. There's a police sketch of the baby. They're like, holy shit, that's Kyoko. Uh, Hana and Miyuki are separated from Gin because they left after they found out found out his fraud, or more Hana left and they uh, and Miyuki followed. Uh, they got Kyoko, and as they're walking, again another thing that just looks fucking dazzling. Mm. A woman is jumping off the bridge, and they fucking grab her just before she like falls to her death. Uh, like, but like the the way that that happens, the way her clothes are kind of billowing. Yes, uh, the way that the that her body falls. It's just like it. I don't know. It just looks incredible. But the, but it's also like that sequence, that brief sequence right there is directed so well too, because like they're walking in the opposite direction of this woman. This woman is walking yes. away and they're talking about, uh, Hannah is sort of saying that like she would throw herself off the bridge if, you know, if like something were to happen. Um, and you see then this woman walk past them and then, start to you know, like get up on the bridge and then she's out of frame and it was yes. it was so i was like oh 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 no yeah yeah and then they turn around real quick like ah, 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 no 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 and then they, they 
they get this woman, and then the woman, the woman is Sachiko. Yes, it's the it's a, it's a miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. It's Sachiko. By the way, I should have mentioned just uh, other things that were well animated. We didn't touch on the cats earlier. Oh, but they're in a, they're in a, oh. they're in a house full of cats earlier, which is extremely matched. Okay. Should I know those cats look fucking great? I I was happy early on when there was one cat in this thing because I was like, look yeah. at this cat. It's real. This guy is real. He's just a little guy. And then you get to this cat lady's house, and there's like a dozen of them. And I'm like, they're all real. They're all real. <laughs> so, okay. So then we kind of get a whole sequence here, which is uh, there, there's just a lot going on. I'll, I'll, I'll try to just, 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 just hit the, ba- the main things. Mm-hmm. Gin fu- is at another building uh, that's filled with trash. And I forget exactly how he ends up there. I think it's maybe just another address on a folded a piece of paper yeah, I or think something. So. Um, he ends up there, and the address might be twelve twenty five because there's twelve twenty fives throughout. He ends up there, and it's just filled with trash. Uh, and inside, among the garbage, face illuminated by a TV in an otherwise dark house, is Sachiko's husband. So they have a conversation back and forth. He's Gin's basically saying like, "You're gonna turn into me, just like I'm gonna turn into that old man." Uh, they're yelling about it. But we get some inst, inst, uh, info here, which is that Sachiko stole the baby. Sachiko is the person who stole the baby from the hospital, and mm-hmm. that's not her baby. Yeah. And then we find out, like, Gin, uh, Gin steals a bicycle, ends up with uh, Hana and Miyuki, and tells them this information. And we see, again, more breastfeeding. Sachiko is like deranged <laughs> trying to feed this baby that's not hers. Yeah. What are you doing there, man? I just there's just something of like yeah, like oh, we're going to watch this uh this, you know, this Christmas anime. It's just like, oh wait, we got some breastfeeding in yeah, this. Yeah, but it's just And they're showing but it. But it's regular Yeah, but it's there's you are saying it with the mischief of horniness in, in Yeah, like you're little, saying it like you're hungry. Yeah, and and there is <laughs> It is clinical and regular the first time we see it. And yeah. then the second time we see it, it is desperate and sad. And you're, you're, it's like, you're like, look at him. Look yes. at them boobies. Yes. During Titty a scene where like a baby has been kidnapped and a, and a woman <laughs> is deranged and you're yeah. like, Oh, check it out. Mm. I mean, those things are out there is all I'm saying. Oh, well, yeah. God so. damn it. <laughs> So then we Those have this chase things. sequence. This chase sequence, you talked about this earlier, Heather, how well this action yeah. is directed. This chase sequence is is incredible. And it's it's hard to even describe, and I won't attempt to. But you know, there's a there's a bicycle, uh, there's a taxi. We didn't talk about how Hana's been flirting with and befriending this taxi driver the whole time, who's a recurring recurring character. The uh, the the taxi's involved, and then Sachiko has stolen a truck uh, with the baby and is driving, and eventually leads to this this is this, this prolonged chase sequence that's really really awesome. People are swapping in and out of vehicles, and eventually it ends up with the fucking truck uh, crashed into a building, and uh, Gin with the baby in its in his arms. It's a banger. It's and a great looks sequence. great. Uh, and we learned that that Sachiko's baby was. You know, uh, like her baby died in del- in delivery, uh, and uh, stillborn baby. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so, but she saw Kyoko, and Kyoko smiled at her, and she was like, "I'll be your, I'll be your your mom now." And took her, and that's what happened. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, you know, he she 
just left her at the dumpster, I guess, because she was freaked out. But this is all happening because we end up eventually on the roof of a building. Uh, and again, this action just continues here where Muki is going to try to jump off with the baby. Um, yes. And uh, and Muki catches her. Uh, but then the baby starts to fall and then Hana like jumps out and grabs the baby, slides down the fucking building. Yeah. Grabs a piece of fabric that's dangling down is like signage and a gust of wind takes the two of them up and carries them uh, aloft so they won't fall so they'll fall very slowly to safety it's, it's a big banner it is a like when she when she does when Sachiko does jump and then is caught yes. and then drops the baby like you don't see that moment. You think it's going to be like, oh, we're going to pull Sachiko back, right? Yes. But then she drops the baby, and Hana just free dives for the baby, and yes. you're like, oh my god, are they just going to die? It's like, it's like a. You don't expect there to be two stages to somebody jumping off a building. Yeah, yeah. You expect I... there to be one moment, and then she, Hana catches this this guardrail. Like she just eats it on a guardrail, catches the 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 gutter on the guardrail before catching the fabric. Like it's so many starts and stops of tragedy until this gust of wind saves her. It's fucking wild. It's one of those things where like you have you think of the steps of involved in conceiving it, yeah, and then yeah. storyboarding it, and yeah. then animating it. Just just like just from from idea to execution it's just it's it's in it's just incredible how well it done it is this yeah. sequence and how much work must have been involved yeah this sequence more than the rest of the movie i was like mm -hmm. i want this movie to be over i was like i'm so stressed out <laughs> 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 uh, I, I guess i i guess because i had worked myself up to um a like a christmas romp before i had started the movie i was sure. maybe uh like very sensitive watching this and uh like by the time i got to this part i was like i need this movie to be over i need this movie to be over i was like i can't see one more almost bad thing happen uh can i just say a, a quick tangent because you you pitched this movie Matt, yes uh, and i think it was a great choice and i think it was a great one to watch and discuss yeah uh, but also you had you had also pitched as an option perfect blue yes which would have been a Oof. very funny movie to talk about <laughs> and release during Christmas week yeah. because it's fu it's fucking bleak. I think Heather basically just said like, "Matt, we can't do this." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is, I think it's good. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm imagining myself watching that for this and then being like, "Oh, guys, um, can we record another day?" <laughs> Uh, it, I mean, that movie is awesome, though. Yeah. Uh, and this movie is awesome. And we get a nice little coda here after this this heroic rescue, after this prolonged action sequence that, that's kind of madcap, but also kind of scary. Uh, Kyoko is reunited with the real parents. They're at a hospital. Um, and then uh, the, uh, uh, you, you know, they kind of have a back and forth with the police inspector. The police inspector's like, look, just so you know, um, these uh, these people are homeless, and the parents are like, well, we don't we don't care. We wanna we wanna meet them, mm -hmm. and uh, in fact, we want them to be our godfathers. We get the title. We want them to be the baby's godfathers. Um, and uh, the policeman goes in, and the movie ends with the policeman uh, looking over at Miyuki, and Miyuki saying, "Dad," and there we go. And then we go to credits. Oof. So good. Oof.
Good movie. Very good movie. That yep. I loved that at the end. That really like put a little lump in my throat. I loved that. That was really sweet. A really sweet, it, nice movie. It's a it's a really good movie. Um but what's it's it what's interesting about it is that like I don't see myself rewatching it, right? Even though it was Yeah. Sure. Excellent. It was so good. And like at no point during the film was I like, I would like my theoretical money back. You know, mm-hmm. like I was like, this is great. Um, but. But also it was. It just felt cozy. It didn't e- even though it's stressful and, and sad at times and and bleak, it felt like cozy as opposed to like exceptional. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. No, I get what you're saying. And I, and I said masterpiece earlier and, and you know, I, I might, I might walk that out, walk that back just a little bit, just in terms of Satoshi Kone's filmography, because it's like, it's kind of like you got, you got perfect blue and and paprika are kind of like the, the S tier. And then I feel like this and millennium actress are kind of like the A tier. I, I mean, I like this more than millennium actress. Millennium actress is also awesome, but it's also like, it, it, it's like that film kind it's like it, it that's a much quieter film but it, but it's similarly just like kind of like a you know i mean just just like a little bit more i guess that's not a good description i was gonna say compressed in scope but but millennium actress is basically about an entire life it's not exactly that it's more it's more just that the, those other two movies are just so fucking good i'm overthinking how to deliver it it's more just so that 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 it's just hard to match the highest highs of his filmography. Right. That said, still a great movie worth watching. Not every Spielberg film is Jaws or E.T. or Jurassic Park. Right. Or right. Schindler's List. Yeah, or or, or Super 8 or... So, right. Some, well, no, Super 8 one. is J.J. Abrams, never mind. Yeah. Or BFG. Some, some, yeah, some of them are Ready Player One. Yeah. Some of them are... Did he do Catch Me If You Can? Which also is a pretty good movie. Yeah. So Catch knows. Me If You Can is great. I love Catch he's Me If You Can. He's got more hits than he's got though misses. Though it's a fraud. It's good. He's got yeah. misses though. He really has some oh, yeah. intense misses. Jurassic Park 2. Like Jurassic Park when 3. when I saw John Williams in concert and he was like, uh, up next I'm going to play one of uh one of the songs that doesn't get a lot of recognition, a little uh piece that I composed for the BFG and like the audience just kind of visibly <laughs> sunk in their seats. <laughs> uh the it's it, it's you know he he had a tragically short life and and mm. career but a very impactful one. It's he's kind of he's kind of a John Cazale of anime. John Cazale, the the actor who is ba- he was like in four movies. Mm. They were like you know the Godfather, uh, the Conversation, Dog Day Afternoon, and and the Deer Hunter. It's like like everyone was just like a fucking amazing role in a yeah. in a classic. Wow. And and so it's Satoshi Kon just made he made four movies that are all fucking. Terrific and worth watching. Um, but uh, yeah, it was also fun to talk about. This was great. I loved talking about this. It's sort of a different a different pace and a different um, tone of thing we've watched for the show so far. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, anime, anime covers the, runs the gambit with all that stuff. Yep. It's just a fucking movie. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, it's like we, you know, we don't have to. It, the, the, it does, doesn't have to have songs and uh, a fucking castle and and a, a squirrel companion. It doesn't have to have all that shit. Like wait, like our like the Western idea or the American idea of animation, it, it is generally so much more limited. Yes, um, and that's what's cool about this uh, 
this this genre. But if there was a castle and a song, I would have loved it. <laughs> that would have been cool. <laughs> there are a couple devils. That's true. And yeah, and you know what? That means it was Chainsaw Man adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. What we might as well just call this a side story to Chainsaw Man. Takes yeah, this is a prequel. <laughs> it's a prequel to Chainsaw Man. The baby, we actually don't know this. The baby is Denji. God, you imagine Denji and Power finding a baby in a dumpster. <laughs> Let's drink its blood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho to everyone. Uh, happy New Year. Uh, we'll be back in the new year with an episode continuing, wrapping up Chainsaw Man. Uh, but until then, you got animated. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> you got animated. Santa. 